Father. Thank you for uh, the kindness that's poured out by your spirit. And it envelops one of us and moves to the next to the next. That's how you move by your spirit, Lord. Thank you for the moving of the Holy Spirit in this place. And we give you freedom, Holy Spirit, to make real the word of God wherever it's preached and wherever it's taught. And we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. <clears throat> well, we know that the uh, Son of God came as a baby and was given to the world. Amen. As Savior of the whole world, and and uh, God has a process by which we receive Him and receive Him by faith and renouncing our old way of life. <clears throat> it's always a condition. Of what God has for us. And you know you can't inherit in two kingdoms at the same time. So we always must make that choice. As to which way we're going to go in life. And how we're going to dedicate ourselves. So uh, God has that plan of salvation for us. But after we're saved. Then we have to walk in the newness of life. And continue to walk with God. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking you know. Nowadays you hear a lot in the uh, secular world about entitlement you know that the budget that they're deciding on now uh, one of the issues is what they refer to as entitlements so I thought about some things that as you know you observe and you know uh, what goes on in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and sometimes that entitlement mentality can come into the church in fact parts of the world are always uh, permeating the the atmosphere and the teachings in the church and what we believe and what we think because we have to mix the word with faith and sometimes that faith is, is more of a carnal faith than it is a spiritual faith and so I thought today I'd talk some about the, the difference between an inheritance and an entitlement because there is a difference when we <clears throat> receive Christ we become heirs of God and joint heirs with him and what that means is that we are inheriting with Christ the things that are promised to us in the word so it's a promise but it's also an inheritance and so there is a difference then between um, just you know looking at God as, as somebody who just gimme 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 if you ask and asking what we think is faith and also feeling entitled to certain things because you belong to God or you made a one time confession of faith or you're saved or you're born again or whatever you feel entitles you to certain things we need to know that there is a difference between an inheritance and an entitlement so uh, as I said in the world that we live in today there's a lot said about entitlements and many people criticize the way of life the what we call an entitlement mentality or an entitlement way of life because people who work hard and who are successful have a taste of what it means to have that feeling of self-satisfaction in accomplishing something. And so, and it's not that when people have to receive benefits that they all have an entitlement mentality so I don't want to get that confused with something different that I think uh, is a, a, 
um, a handicap to humanity. Uh, we have in this country a certain system of government that tends to help people uh, when they are not able to help themselves, and then when you are able to help yourself, you you discontinue that because you know different things like unemployment. You can receive for the time you're not employed, but you're looking for a job. And they always put that in there as that's a condition for receiving as a benefit. It's just a benefit to help you along until you're able to get back to your normal way of life. So pretty much in this country, or what we call um, democracies, capitalist societies, it is assumed that people want to work. And let me tell you why. Because God put us here to work amen he put the man in the garden to till the ground so there was an until the man was created there was nobody to do that and so and God works the Bible says the father works all the time and hitherto I work so it's very much a part of our way of life to accomplish to set our hand to things. That's what God does. He's a creative God. He accomplishes. He sets his hand to things. He sets his word to things. And accomplishes in that way as well. And so when we talk about. Um, what we have as believers. I think we need to make sure. The water doesn't get muddied. And we assume certain things. In God simply because we're saved. Or we ask, or we got faith on it, or we gave, or we sowed a seed, or something like that. Because we have to understand that there is an inheritance factor here. And we are joint heirs with Christ. You don't inherit by yourself. You got me? You are joint heirs. And so there is an inheritance for us. But it has to fall in line with the will of God, the timing of God, and the plan of God for your life. So really the sense of entitlement should leave you the minute you step into God's kingdom. That sense that something is owed to you. And let me tell you why that's so important. Because whatever it is that you have in mind you want from God. He says I'll do exceeding abundantly beyond all you ask or think. So whatever you conceive of is always going to be smaller lesser in importance lesser in value less fulfilling for you it's going to pale in comparison to what God has for you as an inheritance so I thought I would give a couple of definitions um, because you need to know the difference now inheritance means the practice of passing on property titles debts and obligations when someone dies so you know if if dad was a papa was a rolling stone well you know what I'm talking about (laughs) when papa rolls on to his final reward you might get a mixture (laughs) <laughs> of of good and bad as an heir of his estate you know those debts do have to be paid and uh, whoever receives it you know you gotta make sure it's in good order before you go rushing down there to claim something but um in a natural inheritance there is a debt factor and there's also a gain factor so there's a net a net inheritance there but if there's no net gain there you are are obligated to someone's debts cultural inheritance is what we call a legacy 
Got me? What did that life mean? No. What did it do for the culture? So for instance, uh, every president has a certain legacy that they leave. You know, your parents have a legacy that they have left for you. Um, We always had Christmas at grandma's house and we traditionally brought this and brought that. That's part of the legacy that's left and it's a cultural thing. It kind of helps um, the culture that you had when they were alive to survive and be passed on to the next generation. Now those things you don't have to receive you know that you know so so, oh yeah you know well we used to do that when grandma was alive but you know since she been gone we just you know go to mcdonald's or whatever and so when we understand that we'll understand that there are certain uh things in an inheritance that the the person who is leaving the the testator the one who is making the will or who 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 is owning the the property and so forth whatever is being passed on uh, there is a sense that that person has something to say about who gets it where it goes the final destination of all of their assets is is spelled out by them not by us so this right away draws a line between the entitlement mentality that a person may have versus the inheritance mentality in an inheritance whoever is what they refer to as the executor of the estate and carries out the wishes of the deceased person is the court uh, um, make sure that those things are carried out by that person they don't just get in there and start giving away money and doing things at, uh, at their discretion and there is a system each court system is a little different but they all have a way of making sure and guaranteeing that the uh, the uh, will or the wishes of the deceased person are carried out to the letter they cannot be validated twisted turned violated uh, excuses made because of circumstances and we didn't do this that's in the will because of so and so and such and such so you get my drift God has a will for us for every single child that he has while we're down here on earth and that will cannot be violated it can't be yeah well you know I would obey God but you know it's not like that it it has to be if, if a natural person can have a system a court system that that dictates how that's carried out to the letter of that will and they enforce it certainly God can make that decision as well because his rules are perfect his laws are perfect and what he has in mind for us is perfect as well so he doesn't need us to fix up a covenant or fix up something that he's already written down as his will he wants it carried out now the holy spirit is our guarantee of this covenant he makes he makes it real to us he validates it he carries out the the uh, terms of the covenant he knows exactly uh, when you when you've uh, measured up to the conditions of it when to administer these things so he's the great administrator of this covenant our faith then becomes our assurance of this covenant being real and we're not hoping and praying in vain your faith becomes your assurance 
the Bible says that it is the assurance and confidence of things that we hope for. So you're not hoping in vain or waiting in vain when you're in faith. The Holy Spirit also begins to be our guarantee. When we start to waver. He will come back as the guarantor of the the estate and of the will. And he will remind us of the word of God. And that God still has this for you. It's still working. You're not out of the game. You haven't done anything wrong. All that kind of stuff. And so he will help us to get our assurance back again. Because he wants us to succeed. He's not there to tell you to disinherit you or anything. He wants you to to succeed. So then what we know about an inheritance is that this is something that has been passed on to us. And that is our faith. Man. And so those promises are passed on to us from generation to generation. We can check back in the records of so-called court of heaven to find out who the first person was that this was left to and we get it too you got me so the bible says that those who are of faith are blessed with faithful abraham so everything abraham had we have because this covenant has been passed on and we are heirs of the same things so we can look at the life of abraham and see how god intervened there and what god gave him and we can look to see a picture of what we can expect to get for ourselves so it's a wonderful thing you can put yourself in the bible actually you put yourself in the will of god by examining his word and understanding what it is that he has for us entitlement is something a little different an entitlement is a guarantee of something inheritance is different because an inheritance is conditional on us coming in line with the terms of the inheritance entitlement is a guarantee of access to benefits and this guarantee is based on established rights or by legislation so where an inheritance has to do with the individual testator or the deceased person the the uh, um, uh, entitlement has to do with a government legislation or rule or law and it's man originated it's not a, a traditional generational thing that's passed on that's always honored it's definitely subject to what man believes and what man thinks so if it comes to you based on established rights or legislation rights can be changed and laws can be changed a right is an entitlement associated with a moral or social principle such that an entitlement is a provision made in accordance with the legal framework of a society so if you live in the state of California say for instance that's what they call an amnesty state or something like that if you come over illegally and you're there a certain length of time and all that kind of stuff nobody can bother you that violates uh, our immigration laws but they override that so that's an entitlement for people who can make it there 
certain places in Nevada prostitution is legal so that you can if you're an illegal person in in you know Florida you can flee to Nevada and be able to do certain things that you couldn't do someplace else so these entitlements come as a part of man-made laws and man-made social laws entitlement really refers to a notion that one is deserving of some particular reward or benefit so that means that whether you do something or not just out of nowhere you deserve this and this is is where it this type of thinking really conflicts with Christianity because you can see the arrogance and the pride that comes through that sense of entitlement see this is why sometimes it's hard to get people out of that mentality and break that cycle uh, when they they because what what usually comes to people I think and it's because there's a God a God given and God driven desire to accomplish to work and to produce when that's bypassed there must be some kind of conviction that comes on people that this isn't the right way to live but then you have to override that with some kind of so this is where the entitlement comes from see you have to override it by making some kind of making it seem uh, right to yourself and this is what the human mind does and this is why sometimes you'll get people that, uh, you know, if they got on welfare because they didn't have a job or something. Once they get, quote unquote, in the system, then they start to find ways to get more and more just through that system. You understand? And so it, it builds a, a different kind of social legacy for that individual. Um, uh, if any of you are familiar with the, uh, um, this lady's more of a speaker. She's a Christian. Her name is Star Parker. She has a um, uh, had a ministry. Uh, really, it started out as a ministry, and, and there were some riots there in L.A. And, and her business was burned down. And but she decided to start as a, a speaker and a political speaker. She'll run for office and certain things. And you know, she's a conservative person, and she tells her testimony about coming from a, a family military family everybody worked hard but she was the kid in the family that always you know she would you know con the other kids out of their bubble gum and stuff like that you know she's just one of those and uh, when she left the family you know where the family lived and moved to California she found herself caught up in the welfare system which she preaches against now some friends of hers that she worked with invited her to Fred Price's church and he preached on inheritance in God and, and how God expects us. He gives us the ability and the power to get wealth. And she said he looked right at me and said why are you on welfare? And she said that day she next day she went down and got off welfare and, and decided to work. And God has used her quite a bit to as a voice to encourage people not to depend on government for everything. you know. And so it's just one of those things where once that understanding standing comes to people what they're created to do it frees them up you see it frees them up and so she fights against that cycle of of uh, dependence upon and minimal involvement in your own life you know minimal freedom and that kind of stuff 
And so we know that that the desire to be creative and to produce and to to feel good about a sense of satisfaction when you examine the work of your hands. You know, God did that. When he created the earth, he just looked at it and said, boy, that's that's good. I like that, you know. And that satisfaction in, in, in being able to produce and create and all that kind of stuff, really he gave to man. And, and that's part of our life. That's part of what keeps us going. Part, part of what encourages us. And so, so the entitlement mentality really has no place in God's kingdom. You know, uh, we don't have, I know there were many times when I, I didn't understand how God's kingdom worked. You know, I'd cry and beg and bawl for stuff. And God, why can't I, you know, and he, of course, paid no attention to me. And I would get my right mind and get in the word and say, well, I should really pray for this. I can't just beg God. And, and you know, at least you felt you were doing something uh, that was putting you in there and you're investing yourself in your own future uh, when you pray and when you obey God. And so that was a real eye opener for me in coming out of an, an entitlement mentality. Now when you're a baby you are entitled to certain things. But you know even babies when they start to walk the first thing they do when you start to try and help them is they push your hand away. You know even if they go and pop their head on the edge of the coffee table you know they keep pushing your hand away. Why? Because they want that sense of accomplishment and satisfaction that you get by doing it yourself. You know and, and accomplishing something and so that is very much a part of of the human uh human condition and god uses that when we come into covenant with him in fact he uses it quite a bit and so as as we understand the difference between the the entitlement mentality and the uh mentality of the heir you know i like that word you have an inheritance in god and and it's it's something that has been conferred upon you it's not anything you earn see you you it was placed upon you Uh, and so when that when you understand that how could you earn it how could you be entitled to it? it just came to you in psychology entitlement is a precursor to a narcissistic personality. So the person who is narcissistic thinks only about themselves. And you know, if you tell them to go to the store, uh, they got to know what's in it for them. You know, well, we'll get groceries. Well, you know, that's not enough because you know you could get the groceries. You know, what's in it for me? It's always what's what's me. And oftentimes they they fall into dependent uh, relationships with people because they tend to find people they can manipulate and get them to do everything for them. See, and so we don't want to be like that. We want to be children who know how to pray for ourselves and you know it's like when we first started the ministry we had prayer and people would say well uh, I'm going to give you my prayer request no you're going to pray for yourself I'm going to get in fact you're going to pray for somebody else too and I'll give you some prayers and that's how we do it around here (laughs) that's how it's done in the kingdom because your father wants to hear from you you know he wants to talk to you he wants to bless your life and so I find that when people are invested in things personally they tend to be more uh, um, interested in the outcome more interested in continuing with it 
Now I have people that have been in the ministry for a while and, and they'll when they hear about a praise report they're excited because they've participated in it. You know if you've got something invested in there then you're you're anxious to know the outcome or you're interested in knowing the outcome. And so that's that's the, the difference between feeling entitled to something and because the, the entitlement person can't tell you how they qualify for things. They can't tell you how what what makes you so special <laughs> that you've got this coming no matter what you do. Amen. Now there are certain situations where uh, society wants to make people independent in some ways, and you can see, uh, you know, if you take a, a unemployment benefit for a season, and then you find a job, you thank God you didn't lose everything while you, while you couldn't get a job. Or sometimes if people are disabled or something like that, and and uh, uh, have to have some type of way to independently live instead of institutionalized living. And that's what people used to do. And so some of these are good benefits because they they bridge the 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 uh the uh gap between dependent living and independent living for people. You got me? If you have your own check, you can go get your own apartment, you can buy your own groceries, etc. etc. instead of <coughs> waiting for somebody to do that for you. And so if it's a step toward independence, uh, it's usually a good thing. And so we can say then it's a good thing. But the mentality of being entitled is something that does not work for God and for his kingdom. I can remember many years ago there was a young man uh, in the church I was in and he had uh, in fact I knew him when I was in high school and uh, I was so glad to see that he had gotten saved and, and we were in the same church and his sister was very active in the church and uh, when I knew that was that was his uh, that that she was that he was her brother because I knew her and her husband their family first and I would tell her I said well how is he doing because when I the last time I saw him he was a mental patient and he had been there for some time and and uh, finally just was institutionalized off and on and all that kind of stuff uh, in mental health uh, three hospitalizations means you pretty much won't be able to live by yourself you understand what I'm saying I mean it's not a good picture it's a very bleak picture uh, for some people and so he had been institutionalized so many times I, I remember I'd gone to I was in high school with his wife and he was in another school and he was in he went to Harvard and was studying he was in pre-med and he had a breakdown and and came out thinking that he was Henry Kissinger psychiatrist and all this kind of stuff and uh, just a real sad situation and so when I saw a sister in the church we began to pray for him and she would bring him to church and and he gave up on the the um, uh, medical but he had a knack for computers and he knew how to take them apart put them together repair them he knew how to do programs and all of this stuff and so as he began to grow in the Lord he said you know what I really really want 
to have my own business doing this and doing that. We pray for him and so forth and so on. And he said, you know, he said, I just feel like I can do this. He said, God's done so much for me. And he said, he's changed me. He said, my thinking is not like it used to be. He said, I know the difference between what's real and what's not. He said, but I would really want to do this. And the real challenge for him was to refuse disability anymore. Once he started using his social security number and had a business, he would that would be the end of that. And he said, you know what? He said, I'll never know if this is God or not if I don't do this and the last I heard he was doing very well and has been moved out of town you know as much as I cared about his wife when we were kids she was the worst thing that could happen for him you got me a lot of witchcraft and a lot of manipulation there and some people's minds can't take it you got me and so that's why we pray against that stuff here because you don't do that to people people belong to God and you, you don't interfere with with their lives you don't want anything bad enough that you would take a person's freedom from them to get it and so uh, he went his way and she went hers and the last I knew it was happily ever after because you know some things you just can't fight you don't have the ability to fight so I encourage young people here to be careful and prayerful both of them about who you connect with make sure they really know God you know and not just say they know God but really really know God and let God lead you in those things so that's very important but anyway well, they weren't saved anyway you know it's a different situation but saved people you do have abilities for for God to straighten those things out and make those things right but you know this poor guys running for his life but you know he didn't he fought that entitlement mentality in fact he saw it wasn't going to work for him he wanted his life back and God gave him his life back so it's possible folks to get out of that mentality of dependence upon weakness and and uh, you know not having the courage to go forward all of that will leave you once you start to walk in the things of God you know he has an inheritance and we are certainly capable of doing everything it takes to inherit everything God has for us. So anyway it's it's not good to be satisfied just with being taken care of or having needs met however you want to get in there and develop your relationship with God and then live in the benefits of a covenant that you keep with him. You got me? A covenant you keep. The first part of God's covenant is to worship him. The Bible says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And then the list is very long about the benefits that you have. Hmm? Worship is uh, what you do in the congregation is worship. When you leave here, there's worship. Putting God first in all things. Being mindful uh, to expect his leading. Obeying his commands in all things. All of that is part of worship. And you need all parts of it uh, to please God. So when when we understand what God wants and we understand that, that God has uh, put us in covenant with him. Then we know that we can have a guarantee of a good life with him. Because the life he's planned for us is is full of things that we never knew that we could have before. And, and that's the good part about God. If you know that God is good you know that you can trust him. 
just knowing that about him means that you can trust him because whatever happens it's going to wind up being for your good and it's going to wind up being a good experience for you in Romans 8.17 we see where our inheritance comes from and really the if you go up to um, 13 you'll see the beginning of this thought it says for if you live after the flesh you shall die but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live so what the writer is saying here is the way to get out of your flesh is not to beat it up tell it to simmer down tell it to go away but the way out of the life of the flesh is through the spirit if you through the spirit kill the deeds of the flesh it's it's you either adopt one way of living or another you cannot kill the flesh by the flesh it's called legalism taste not touch not handle not can't do this can't do that can't do the other that old covenant way of living never worked for them because the first thing the flesh is going to do is get tired of beating up on itself and it's going to want to tie one on uh, just go and do something totally crazy and so this is why it's it's good to understand the life of the spirit it starts with the fullness of the spirit you can't live in the spirit without the baptism in the holy spirit you're you're just a a a christian who's barely saved because it's a struggle i mean it's bad enough with the fullness of god it's totally totally hard you'll wind up in some kind of legalistic bondage that you can't get out of be honest with you legalism sometimes is such a a tap on the shoulder for christians you know it's one thing goes wrong there's the devil religious spirit tapping you on the shoulder telling you this is the way out we see some of our our most um, uh, prominent ministers that have trouble and fall mainly because of this problem they know how to fake it instead of living for god and living by the spirit you know some of these uh, people that have been um, tormented with uh, sexual sin homosexual spirits lust spirits all that kind of stuff if you know how to develop the strength of your spirit and walk with God and and but you know what they get in a bind and start hiding it from everybody and eventually hide it from God where he can't help them and then those those the devil just sets you up for a big fall he's got a situation set up somewhere to ensnare you so that you don't make it through and everything that you've worked for in God is compromised because you don't know how to do this through the spirit mortify the deeds of the flesh it's it's very very uh, interesting but if people know how to walk in the spirit you know i i tell people the first the first thing you need to master 
is forgiveness. If you can keep short accounts with God. You don't have things piled up. And where the devil can ensnare you very easily. It's a very simple thing just to forgive everybody. The minute something comes to your mind or they do something. Uh, then you, you tell God. You know God that offended me and I forgive that person. And I'm not going to hold anything against them. You know that kind of thing. And make that a habit and a lifestyle. And see that's not legalism. That's right to do. You got me? You're doing it in faith and confidence and obedience to God. And people say things, well do you have to do it every time? Yes you do. You know, yes you do. You have to forgive and you have to make sure that you are forgiven. So if you offend people, you have to go to them and tell them, you know, I'm sorry. And make peace Keep peace between you and everybody else and you won't have those problems. See those problems are greatly minimized because then the enemy has nothing to accuse you of. He has nothing. There is no law against righteousness. And that's how you maintain righteousness. You keep a heart of purity and faith. And love towards all men. And won't and it won't hurt you to bless people. And it won't hurt you to be kind to people. Because there will be nothing there to hinder you from doing it. And, and really that's how you mortify the deeds of the flesh. You just keep walking in the spirit. And if your walk gets hindered by an obstacle in the road. You step over it. Leap over it. If you step into it. God forgive me. And step over it and keep moving. And that's how you keep going in God. Praying in the spirit is very important. It keeps you built up in your most holy faith. You won't have faith for for much of anything without praying in tongues and praying in the Holy Ghost. It definitely edifies you. It keeps you built up. When we pray uh, on Saturdays and pray in pairs, the reason we can accomplish is because one prays in the Holy Ghost to make your faith real for these things. When you talk about taking down a a gambling spirit that's trying to run your town and and run all the good people out and bring all the bad in, you've got to have most holy faith to to see that and everybody's voting it in and and you've got to try and vote it out. You got me? You just can't have pocket change faith and believe God. You'll quit in a minute. The minute a bad report comes through the newspaper, you'll you'll stop doing the things that God's ordained you to do. So this is definitely how you do it. You mortify the deeds of the body. And the Bible says if you do that, you shall live. If you do it through the Spirit. It says for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You don't have sonship if you're not led by the Spirit. Well, if I suppose I'm born again, then then act like it, huh? Do do the rest of it. You know, you don't want to be an entitlement person. Just drop back and let rest on a, a confession that you did so many years ago. You want to continue on in the things of God. There's so much more for you uh, than than uh, just the starting point, which is being born again. And he says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. This is why you come into God's kingdom. Is to escape the fear that comes with the spirit of the world. And he says but you have to receive the spirit of adoption whereby you cry Abba Father. And so this is what lets you know that you have an inheritance coming. That you know 
that God has adopted you and you know it by the spirit that spirit of adoption where you cry Abba Father and that's a spirit you have to yield to you can't just have it and have it in your life and not really accept that and embrace it and yield to it you you got to begin to see yourself as a son or daughter of God you got to be able to see that as a good thing to see it as as I have an inheritance now and that inheritance is a good thing and and that I'm going to live out of the benefits of that inheritance and then that's the way you live and so it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So you have that validation on the inside that you belong to God by the Holy Spirit. Hmm? That's so important. You know because look at the different backgrounds that we all come from. But yet we can become one in God as children of God and be, begin to feel accepted begin to feel loved be, begin to feel like we have a chance now in life you know sometimes if you're you're in a, a family and even if you're in a family and you're the only child that's sometimes the biggest challenge is for the parents to know they all I love them all the same I don't have no favorites the, the first thing a kid will do is look at little Johnny and even if little Johnny just came home, newborn from the hospital, you love little Johnny more. You love me. Look how you treat him. There's always that rivalry, you know, with the children for for the affection or whatever of the parent. And so, but the Holy Spirit comes to correct that. Isn't it wonderful? God corrects everything that's wrong in your past. He knows your past. He knows what your little hang-ups you have. He knows how to prove to you that you the one. Huh? I know in my household I wasn't the one. You know, I was this and I was that and I didn't have this and that. Well, he corrects all of that through the Holy Spirit bearing witness. Even if he has to, to reassure you multiple times per day, he'll do it. He'll get that goofy stuff off of us that we come into the kingdom with. Those things that are hanging over us and the things that, that, that we, uh, you know, that, that have held us back, made us feel worthless. Why? He wants you to be fully assured that, that you have an inheritance, that you have a place with God, that you're important to Him, that you matter to Him. It doesn't matter what you didn't matter with before. It matters now how you matter. And you matter to God, if I can say that. <laughs> so it's a good thing that he uh, brings us into this inheritance. You know, he brings us into that so that we can have all the things that we need and be assured of it. See, if you don't know that you totally belong to God and what that entitles you to, uh, the faith for what God has for you just won't be there. It just won't be there. It starts with your adoption. It starts with knowing what it means to be in a Christian family. It starts with knowing that God loves you. He cares about you. You can trust him. He's a good heavenly father. Well I didn't have a good father. I didn't have this father. Everybody's got some missing piece. And so the Holy Spirit knows how to reassure you about the things that were missing in your past. See? That's why this covenant is tailor made for the individual. 
you you understand right off the bat that that he's he's taking care of all of those things that would pop up as excuses to hinder you from receiving all that he has for you i mean that that's just the way it is i see these people still running around in the church looking for inner healing and outer healing and it, you know and it's it you have to really fight really hard to hold on to some stuff you know with all of the word and the knowledge of the word and understanding of god that we have but we have some people who slip through the cracks somehow because they have gotten to the place where they get a certain amount of attention for these things you got me they get a certain amount of juice you know they get power over people because of these deficiencies but i don't want to be a special case in god you know what i want to be where he wants me to be doing what he wants me to do and getting his approval i don't need man schmoozing over me all the time you know and telling me you know you know let me pray for you and i i got a special anointing to deal no that's okay you understand what I'm saying? You know, I'm a new creature. That don't bug me no more. Huh? It, I thought it bugged me until I talked to you again. I realized that don't bug me no more. You know, understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying there isn't legitimate ministry for people who need that type of deliverance. But I am saying that deliverance comes through the word no matter how it's ministered. And if you're walking around for 10 years and still got hang-ups from your old life, you're not living in the spirit. You're really living in the past. And you need to drop that and just pick up Christ. You got me? It's really just that simple. And so if we can walk that way and we can live that way, then we'll have something in God that, that you know, he can, he can now use us to help others. And I think that's what people are not that fond of. See, we're all scared we don't have to have some responsibility around here, you know. And uh, this is one of the problems. But being that type of person that cares about others is part of your inheritance folks because you inherit the work as well as the benefits don't we we when you have a natural job your job is not just benefits you got to work a certain amount of of weeks before they give you vacation you got to work a certain amount of time before you get sick days so there's work and there's benefits that come in accordance with the work that you demonstrate that you're willing to do. And it's the same way with God. It's the same way with him. So there are certain things that we are entitled to as we walk with him. So if we are children, we're automatically heirs. Automatically. Automatically heirs. So the day you're born again, you have an inheritance whether you know it or not. You just need to go read the will. Huh? You just need to go for the reading of the will. And instead of looking at the Bible as your enemy, here's something else I ain't doing right. And here's something else I got to get say. Here's something else I need to do. Look at it as I'm reading my daddy's will. Look at what my father has set aside for me. Look at what I have. I'm entitled to do these things and I have the opportunity to receive them if I will please my father and hold up my end of the covenant. And so that's what we have in God. We have a birthright to an inheritance but you got to meet the conditions of the will. And those are spiritual conditions that we have the capability of fulfilling. 
righteousness is not at step one he gives you something to do that you can do just like he does it at step 101 as you walk with him he empowers us to do these things and so we we really have to understand that so in Romans 4.14 the condition of your inheritance we're heirs by faith Mm -hmm. verse 13 says for the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith so everything that Abraham got from God he got from believing God and it was counted to him as righteousness so when you it's like this you have a measure of faith inside of you that can be used any way you want to use it you use natural faith all the time your measure of faith is what caused you to sit in that chair and believe that chair would hold you up your measure of faith was what got you in your car and believe you believe that you can get here in one piece all of those things so you put your faith in either your own human or natural ability the laws of gravity whatever it is or you can put it in God now if you put it in God that covers all of that other stuff too but it gives you more see it gives you more so if you put your faith in God there is an increase in a supernatural way that he loves he delights in and he will honor so God wants us to have confidence and trust in him so it came to Abraham through faith for if they which are of the law are heirs faith is made void so if you're thinking because you do things a certain way and you know and and you look at other people and they don't measure up that's a sure way to know you're in goofiness somewhere you know legalism you you got a corner on some kind of little nugget of truth that nobody else has you know Carlton Pearson was that way see all those years he was brought up in in a, a loving church environment uh, his family were church of God and Christ people um, and he was well taken care of by his church family you hear some of the testimonies that he would share about you know the mothers of the church and how they would look out for the younger ones I mean they really took care of them and made sure that they stayed with God but all those years he was harboring some type of seed inside of him that judged people and and so when it started to judge everybody as wrong and he was the only right person then he was in trouble he's still in trouble and so you know see these are the things that the bible says if you through the spirit mortify the deeds of the flesh or the the desires or dictates of of the flesh and the carnal mind then you will live and so he's gotten to the point now where he feels like anybody who says people are going to hell they're wrong nobody's going to hell everybody's saved that's what he goes around preaching and so this is this is unfortunate that somebody that was blessed so much in God and taught the right way in God could could turn in that direction and now turn against the people of God in such a way you know he's he's really resentful and angry at a lot of things you know you can tell 
That's why forgiveness is your best friend. <laughs> walking, walking in the spirit, walking in love are your best friends uh, in, in this kingdom. Because that will keep you when uh, knowledge and things like that aren't, aren't that. If you don't have much knowledge, you got sense enough to obey God in the love covenant. And so that's very, very important. So it says here. That those who are of faith and if you are trying to be an heir according to the law then your faith is made void. You don't want that. You want your faith to be active and alive at all times and if your faith is void then the promises of none effect. That's why we were talking yesterday about you know how sometimes you can think well, what did I do wrong because I haven't that's you're you're getting into legalism that you're going through that door where you think that there's something you can do more than what God would have you do by faith. You got me. Whatever God has you do, you must do it by faith. You've got to believe that that is the right thing to do, and that it, that is the thing to do so that God can move on your behalf. It says, but the law works wrath. Okay? If you break it, you, you, you come into the place where God has to penalize you. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we live by faith, then there's really no law to break. Because that faith is a righteous faith and it's above the law. Now I'm not saying you can't sin. But the ordinances that were against us, taste not, touch not, handle not, and then you go into a, a curse for 10 years. That's been done away with. This, there's no sin on this covenant anymore. It's not weak because it's carried out through the flesh. It's carried out through the spirit. But you've got to go into the spirit and, and live by the spirit in order to take advantage of it. So you've got to receive the things that God, the inheritance that God has for you. You must receive that. And you must live in covenant with him and not break the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You've got to stay in Christ. And it says, therefore it is a faith. Hmm? So where the law is, where there is no law, there is no transgression of the law. But you can step out of faith and live in the flesh. Hmm? No, you don't get that penalty of, you know, well, you got to live under the curse for 15 years and all that kind of stuff. You can get back in faith again. It's just that simple. You put on Christ and you step back into the faith of the Son of God again. It says, therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be made sure to all seed. So you can you can do this because if you by faith receive the grace of God to carry out your end of it then you're empowered by God. There's no sin on this covenant because it's cut through a sinless son and a sinless father and a sinless Holy Spirit and it's placed on you. He dwells in you for a purpose. So you can't screw it up. So quit sitting around wondering what you did wrong and get up and do something right. And he says to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seeds. So this this is a, a guaranteed covenant. Not to that only which is of the law but also to that which is of faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. As it is written I made you a father of many nations. Before whom he believed even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they are. And we do it too by the spirit. 
When you begin to say you're healed and you don't feel stupid about it, you know you've done that by the Spirit. Amen? And so, you know, a lot of times you'll sit around and have little aches and pains and not not be concerned about them and then you say you know what I don't have to <laughs> you know that's a spirit coming there to quicken to you and tell you that you don't have to live like that and so Abraham was able to live a life where he hoped against hope so there's a supernatural hope that came in over his natural hope and he used that one he chose that one. That's the Abraham brand of faith. So when you see natural circumstances going downhill, there is a supernatural response on the inside of you that will come up and impose itself on those situations that are against you. And you press forward in faith in the things of God. That's how it works. That's why you need the covenant. That's why you need the word. That's why you need the Holy Spirit and need him in abundance. So he can, you can move with him and he can quicken to you what to say, when to move, when to strike against the enemy. And all of those kinds of things. So these things are very important. So in your, in your inheritance then, you have all of those things given over to you immediately. You can have them by faith. I remember we we would sometimes pray with people when they you know everybody thinks salvation and then you know you teach them about the Holy Spirit. There have been times when we pray with people and they get filled with the Spirit at the same time they confess Christ. That's like they did in the Old Testament. And so there's no like waiting period before you tarrying and all that kind of stuff before you can receive the Holy Spirit. You can see receive whatever you have the faith to receive. So you know the good thing to do is to encourage people when you talk to them about the Lord you know have you ever received the power of the Holy Spirit we can get that right now for you it's just you know that kind of thing and so it's it's very very simple to get people into their inheritance you got to have it all in order you got to have the power to obtain what God has for you by faith because I'm telling you when the devil's at the door and his brother's at the back door and his cousin's on the roof you need power And you need a mindset and you need help on the inside that can put you in the right frame of mind to tell you not to shrink back and just give in to it. And so as we understand these things we know that an inheritance is very different from an entitlement. Now entitlement Christians will tend to want to just sit and wait for everything whether they prayed or not. And then in the waiting they'll start making excuses for why they don't have it. Well, God told me, you know, I mean, he was going to do with me a different way. You know, it's always their mantra is they're different somehow. Well, you know, sometimes it ain't good to be different. Now, I know, you know, we all want to be unique and, and all of that, you know, with all our reality shows we see. We all got a gift, you know, and we just, we can be anything we want to be, you know, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's just good to be a part of the flock. You know, herd mentality will keep you going sometimes when you don't have an exotic idea of your own to be unique and unusual. Just being a part of the herd, it'll keep you alive, it'll keep your bills paid, it'll keep you healthy, and it'll keep you in in a good frame of mind, in a good uh, a spiritual condition. 
And so if we understand that we are part of a great body of believers where God has certain things he wants us all to receive and then there is that unique responsibility and relationship he has with you where you know you're personally important to him you know you see God can make you know that where man can't you know he can give you that reassurance and I don't care you know what what, you know you can be married you can be single you can have the best husband the best wife whatever you've got but there's still a place where a human being God will not let another person take his place in your life I'm just real sorry about that you're thinking about people all the time you've got another thought coming because God has so much more for us than that you know being being uh, connected to him makes you more agreeable with people it makes you a more fit person to to enjoy people and you don't have relationship with god you won't you won't get much you mad at everybody and you don't like this and don't like that and all this kind of stuff you you just won't be a a, a um you know a pleasant person to be around you know that that kind of thing so and there's some people that that just are prickly you know what I'm saying? They don't try to be anything other than prickly. They just, <laughs> you know, it's just true. They just need a good soaking with God. Huh? Need a good talking to by Dad and reassurance that they're okay. You know, most people are that way because they got problems, and they need a big dose of God to help them with that. I remember, uh, you know, years ago, uh, God had me minister uh, the baptism of love, and uh, we I did that for maybe a couple of months, you know, and people would say, "Oh, I, it hit me right in my heart," and they felt it, and and but when they came up they were different you know they were changed because it you know things had fallen off of them in the process because that was a special thing that God saw that people needed to help them to enjoy life to be enjoyable and all those kinds of things so it's a good thing to understand he has a way to take care of all this stuff so we are heirs by faith and we are joint heirs with Christ and we have the legacy or the inheritance of faithful Abraham. So we have the ability to be faithful just like Abraham was. We have the ability to hope against hope just like he did. You have the ability to have children in old age if that's on your heart to do. If it's now if it ain't on your heart to do and ain't on your agenda, you know, you just hold your horses and <laughs> go get your social security or retirement or whatever you wait with. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Huh? God has shut up her womb. So she wasn't going for a redo. She was, you know, <laughs> there was, she was on the first time. So, uh, you know. <laughs> it just happened they had to they had to wait a lot of years you know but you know there is the faith of God to give you the confidence that he'll do it you know even at them old years so if you don't have that though you, you just think something you're just going to talk up on so praise the Lord <laughs> the other thing you need to do is know is that the flesh and the and flesh and blood and the spirit will not inherit together you got to make a decision to live by the Spirit if you want this to work for you. You can't relapse. You know, and go to a bar, go pick somebody up, or, you know, get involved in something that's unclean. You've got to make up your mind you're going to live for God. 
You gotta be kind. You gotta peace with people. You know, family members. You gotta be praying for their salvation and, and living as a witness uh, for them, so that when God opens that door, you're a friend to them. You know, and you're not still an enemy anymore. So, so those are the things you you have to keep in mind with. But uh, that example was given when Abraham. Remember, uh, Ishmael, Abraham's son, was finally. God told to uh, let Sarah do whatever's in her mind to do. I trust Sarah to take care of her household, and she kicked her out. You know, and God said the the bond woman's son will not inherit with the heir, the heir by faith. So that lets you know that the law and faith are incompatible. The works of the law and the works of faith are totally different. The works of faith work. To bring you what God told you to do. The works of the law will do nothing but put you more in debt. The Bible says if you obey the law you're indebted to do the whole of it. Not just little parts of it. So most people would quit just knowing the enormity of the job to do. Say well I think I'll take faith because it seems like that's more like something I could handle over there. So, but it'll amaze you how many Christians are legalists, you know, and they got to have a, a, you know, a law for everything. This ain't right. That ain't right. They look for. I'll tell you what legalism will. The first thing it will do to you is cause you to look for for things wrong rather than things right. Faith always leads you to look for something good that God has provided. Legalism and criticism will always cause you to look for flaws. And and you'll waste a lot of your life where you could have been receiving from God. You'll find that you're wasting your time trying to figure out what was wrong or what was, you know, if that's true or that's not true or something like that. You have a witness in your spirit for the truth of God's word. So you don't have to try so hard. If something's going on that's not right, the Holy Spirit will alert you to it. So, And so we all have to learn how to discern like that. So God also wants us to obey him, but not through legalism. Because legalism will tend to look at you as your own judge. You start to pick out the laws that you do right. And you'll start to measure everybody by that or measure everything by that so God wants us to have our full inheritance and that's why he gave us grace to do these things by faith so that is his way the grace way and the faith way that's God's way so God is uh, is there to enable us to to obey his law and, and that's the beautiful thing about it that he is the divine enabler so then that makes him responsible for you to carry out these things mm-hmm. by his leading. If he doesn't lead you, you don't go. And that, that makes it real simple. So you don't have to sit around and wonder what you did wrong. All you have to do is say, well, you know, Lord, whatever I'm supposed to do, please you know, lead me to do it. And I'll do the right thing if there's something that's missing here. But other than that, I'm going to be content to know that you heard me. That you know uh, when my due season is to receive that. And I'm going to thank you for it right now. And that's what you do. You live by the Spirit. And that's how you live by faith. You live by the faith of the Son of God. Now, the difference between inheritance and conditional and, and uh, uh, entitlement, one of the differences is that an inheritance is conditional. It is conditional. 
Entitlement is unconditional. As long as it's a law, you get it. The inheritance is, un- is, is conditional, but an entitlement is unconditional. An inheritance is governed by the law or will of God and the covenant of God. So God commands that we that this covenant be carried out through faith and that means a trust in him that cannot be broken. So your trust in God has to be an unbreakable trust. And that means that when the conditions of life are contrary to his word, his law, whatever, whatever. When something's not going right for you and everybody's treating you wrong or they slapped you in jail on some trumped up charges or you're sick and don't know what to do, get well. You've still got to trust him. This trust cannot be broken. Amen. To break that trust really means that you are not confident in what he's in your inheritance. See if you, it's like say for instance you have a a business say a family business that you have inherited um, and that business starts to go downhill well it's still been given to you it's still been willed to you and you still are responsible for it and so what you do if you trust that their inheritance say your parents had it for 30 years they made good money on it you know it's possible that this thing works and so what that means is that you will go through extreme lengths to bring that back because you have evidence that it's worked before in God we don't have all of that kind of evidence sometimes you don't have that you may be going in a way that says this is not according to God's word and this is you know contrary to God's word and how did this happen to me but there still has to be something in you that binds you to God in an unbreakable fashion that you hold on to amen the Bible refers to it as hope that is an anchor for your soul and it keeps you from cursing God and dying like like Job's wife told him to do. It causes you to say though he slay me yet will I trust in him. If I never get this thing that I'm praying for I'm still going to serve God. You know we say things like that. Because you come to a point where, where the enemy is trying to separate you from the love of God. See he's trying with all kinds of pressure and all kinds of things. But that covenant based in the blood of Jesus there's something down in there that gives you strong consolation. It, it it lets you know that I'm not going to let go of this. I don't care how bad things are, how tough things are. You know, if, if there's no uh, corn in the stall, no fruit on the vine, yet will I praise him who is the health of my countenance. Got that? So if nothing else, he's keeping you alive. If everything else is stripped away from you, he's the force of life inside of you. And that's that unbreakable trust and that unbreakable bond. And if you keep that and not let go of that, trust me, things will turn around and they will get better. And so it's it's walking through that that sometimes gets difficult for believers. But, uh, you know, anybody who's trying to maintain an inheritance will tell you it's not a piece of cake all the time. 
It's there are troubles with it. There's problems with it. But you can maintain it because of who the author of this covenant is. You've got an unbreakable bond with God. If you exhaust everything he's given you. He's a creative God. And all you got to do is start worshiping him again. Start loving him again. Start honoring him again. And that covenant comes back to life again. It's a wonderful thing. Because this is that's why it can't fail. Because it's forged in eternity. It's it's surrounded and enforced by so many eternal forces they cannot ever lose they don't quit they're holding up the things of the earth at all times and and so if we understand that and we know that then you know you don't have to see things in the natural that make it look like God's really treating you good you understand what I'm saying you don't have to see anything but there's something inside of you that makes it all real. And, and that's what Abraham experienced. That's what all the patriarchs in the Bible experienced. All the great ones that we want to aspire to be like. They, that's what they experienced. That their God was the God on the mountain and the God in the valley. You see they served, they served him both places. And they knew he was there in both places. So God promises though certain basic things to all believers. Promises life, health, and the power to get wealth. Not wealth itself, but the power to get wealth. Got me? You know, I hate to say it, but entitlement mentality is like waiting for a wealth transfer. See, he gives you the power to get wealth so that he can establish his covenant. He establishes it on your power, which he directs to get wealth and not to work hard for something and it never happened. That's the difference. The same labor that you would do on your own without him he now takes that and causes that to prosper causes it to bless you he'll add things abilities gifts and abilities to your life when you need them and they will prosper he'll put those to work and they will prosper so he's unlimited in his ability to bring wealth into us but but everything you get you got to work for it even if it's just making decisions about investments that's work. Uh, Warren Buffett goes to work every day and all he does is move investments around. You know, he got a lot of pressure on him because he's got a lot of people living off the dividends of his investments. That's how he made his reputation. So that's work. It's not just easy. You know, he has to know what he's doing. He has to study. He has to do research. He has to employ people who can research the right things. So it's not just all a piece of cake. So we all labor to get where we get, folks. But God is the one who gives you the power to get wealth. It will pay off for you. Not the power to fail. Not to get out there and go do something for years and years and years and it never pay off for you. But he gives you the power to get wealth and that's very, very different. So as long as righteousness is maintained and your inheritance, then your inheritance is continued. So he constantly is sending us benefits based on our faith in him. You got me? And when I say righteousness being maintained, I mean your faith in God. And you understand that that gives you permission to expect the return from him. 
That's what righteousness is. It's his permission to expect that that covenant will come to pass or that promise will come to pass. And so when we keep our faith anchored in him we can expect everything that he's promised us and it will come in good time in due season it won't be too late you won't move out of the place of of delivery of your promise you'll be right there as long as you are confident in God so the the difference is is like night and day the believer is actively employed and laboring in God's kingdom the person who feels entitled doesn't have to do anything. They just know something's coming. You got me? And so it, it, it really makes a difference that we are invested in our own promise. It makes a big difference and it makes a difference to God. So another point, inheritance is subject to increase or decrease depending upon the actions of the heir. So your inheritance in God will increase or decrease depending upon your actions. And so that puts you in total control of what comes into your life. And that's a good thing. See, it's a good thing to finally know that you can quote unquote call the shots, so to speak. So that if you find that something uh, that you're engaged in is counterproductive toward your inheritance you can choose not to do that anymore and start doing things that will increase your inheritance in God see there's you have an eternal covenant that there are no limits on God will bless faithful people because of faithfulness you look at the the parable of the talents how the people who didn't employ themselves in increasing those talents they were taken away from them so they had that inheritance to begin with but it was removed because they weren't being faithful or being obedient to what God would want them to do with it whereas the guy who was faithful God took what he took from the other guy and added to his pile because he the, he honors faithfulness why because he's faithful so when you're like him as a son or a daughter you imitate the father what the father does you do remember Jesus I do nothing except I see my father do it so when you know God's faithful you count him as faithful you in turn are faithful then you get the reward of faithful what faithful people get and that's an increase in what some of that's how the wealth of the sinner comes to the righteous person because we find ourselves faithful with what we have in somebody who's not faithful and not investing it on God's behalf they lose it people lose money every day because of the curse they make a bad decision and it goes belly up they lose everything and it's laid up for faithful people righteous people who can handle it your righteousness makes you able to handle many things for God many things there are people that normal Hayes is one he had what 10 businesses and preach full time faithful faithful 
he gives the testimony I think it was when he met David Horton that's you know uh, you can kind of piece this stuff together I don't know why Brother Horton never shared much of you know his interactions with Norval but there were some pretty interesting situations that went on supernatural things that went on uh, with them but Norval Hayes says that he was on his way to a football game and went by a church he was invited and it was David Horton's dad's church and he was invited there and told them and they were saying well we prayed and we asked God to send us somebody blah this blah that and he says yeah yeah you can pray all you want to but I'm going to the somebody's football game it was a college football game somewhere and he was going to go there and, da, 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 da. and every time he attempted to leave God told him to stay and he and he stayed and and you know he began to minister them on the power of the holy spirit they were praying for power and and out of that you know a lot of miracles happened david's father died of a heart attack in the living room and the mother was in their kitchen in the kitchen cooking and came in and wasn't in a hurry about it and was mad at him because he's laying down there on the floor dead and she and the kids came and said well let's pray for your dad he's laid up here and died of a heart attack and they prayed for dad and dad dad lived about another 30 years he just died a couple years ago the father did and so those things happened as a result of one man's obedience to God and faithfulness that he once told God whatever you tell me to do I'll do it and he stayed faithful to that commitment that he made to the Lord well, how many times do we shrug off commitment and think we it's okay you know you got understand you know well, I got to do this instead you know that kind of thing but God will move everything to get you to keep your word to him he he's, he's, he does that huh that's that's why they call him God because he can do those things and so don't get ever get limited because that thing that you think is okay to skip over may be the pivotal crucial thing that if you would submit to that God will judge you faithful and then what's stored up that somebody wasn't faithful over will come into your hands because you're faithful in God amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you that you give us understanding you give us all of the tools that we need to live a successful life and you empower us to complete these things because you dwell in us you live in us and you're so much smarter than we are and we'll we'll draw from the things that you give us that we might live a blessed life and a life of power and endurance down here as we live for you in Jesus name amen praise God somebody needs prayer come on up and I'll pray for you